American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Matt and Lizzie of Fairview over Zoom video. Matt and Lizzie both grew up together just outside of Chicago. Matt said he always had a crush on Lizzie, and then finally in high school, they were able to get together. They both started in piano lessons. Um, he kind of worked his way into the relationship by asking her if she wanted to be in a band with him. Uh, Matt talks about working at a grocery store, and Tom Higginson of the Plain White Tees used to buy his groceries there. And Matt would always be like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm in this band. Uh, love it if you check this out. Um, and over the course of a couple of years, Tom finally did, and he tweeted back at him and said, oh, I, you know, I, I really love the song you guys did. We should write something sometime. So Lizzie and Matt were, you know, obviously ecstatic. They go to this really intimate radio show, I believe it was, super early in the morning. They talk to Tom, and he invites them to, to come write with him. And together, they wrote a bunch of songs, which eventually became their first EP, Our Little Secret. They talk about being the very first band to sign to Tom's label, Humans Were Here, being able to tour with the Plain White Tees, having opportunities to play with big bands like American Authors, where they were when quarantine first started and how quarantine really kicked off their TikTok page. So they talk a lot about that. You can watch our interview with Lizzie and Matt of Fairview on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Fairview. So this podcast is all about you guys, your journey in music, how you met, uh, and how you started Fairfield and how you got to where you are now. Fairview, my bad. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, so I know you're both a couple, which is cool. Yeah. Because um, my wife and I started this podcast together. Unfortunately, now that COVID has hit, we have two kids, so she's kind of on the back end of everything <laughs> instead cool. of, yeah. <laughs> together yeah so i think that's so rad that you guys are uh, a couple that's were you guys a couple prior to the band starting it kind of coincided you know i always tell people like i had to ask her to join my band to join my band to uh get her to like you know maybe want to date me or whatever we were <laughs> when we met we met as real little kids and i had had a crush on her for a long time and then we started the band in high school and started dating in high school kind of at the same time Solid, solid move. <laughs> right on. So you guys both went to grade school or high school or both? You just kind of. We went to grade school together and then like separate high schools, but we were kind of friends, uh, had a similar friend group by the time we were in high school. So we, we stayed good friends and then we started dating. In high right, school. On. right on. All right. Well, Lizzie, where were you born and raised? Were you, I mean, were you both born in the same town or raised? Yeah. So I, I was born in Elgin, Illinois. So. Okay too far from where we are now and Matt was born in the west suburbs like Elmhurst so and then we moved my family moved to go to grade school um and that's where we kind of met so yeah so we grew up like 25 minutes from downtown Chicago Lizzie was born like 50 minutes away and then they moved a little closer and we grew up right outside the city right on right on and how did you get into music Matt um both of us actually started taking piano lessons when we were really young um, my mom signed me up for piano lessons with my neighbor when I was five and I hated it. And I, <laughs> of course, <laughs> years. And then, um, you know, as I got older, I, I'd start sitting down at the piano and like it, it became fun and uh, I got back into it and loved it. Very cool. What about you, Lizzie? Were you in, you said piano lessons also? 
Yeah. So the grade school we went to had like piano lessons. And I still remember like oh, one wow. of my friends where we were in kindergarten and one of my friends like called my house phone and was like, do you want to join piano lessons with me? And I was like, sure, why not? So <laughs> yeah, we started really early on. And then at the time it was just like a fun after school activity, like mm-hmm. once a week. Um, but I always really liked it. And I was like, was a little ahead in my like learning books and stuff like that. So I found that it was just something that, I don't know, I wasn't like, I can't play like anything on the piano from sight reading or anything like that, but it was always cool. And as, as my um, music instructor, like would let us do like pop songs or try to write our own songs. I was like, this is awesome. I don't have to just play like classical music. I think so, that was my problem. My, yeah. my teacher was just all about like, you know, classical songs that a five-year-old, like I wanted to play like Disney songs, you know? And sure. Stuff like that, but. I know I always found that fascinating that, t- that the, that a lot of piano teachers, you always get that like just stigma of like some old woman, like smacking your hands with a ruler and teaching you <laughs> like the proper way to put your hands on a keyboard yeah. and curl your fingers. That was that your stuff. experience. Yeah. yeah. And then it's always. He picked up guitar like more early on and yeah and the the piano knowledge that i had helped and translated to the guitar and made it a little easier to learn and understand what year did, or how old are you when you picked up guitar i was probably 13 13 14 okay and did you start like learning covers or like how did you start playing yeah you know the first uh the first song i ever learned on guitar was the song hey there delilah i don't know if you've oh how funny oh well, i yeah. know that song and then you know, <laughs> years later we started touring and writing songs with uh, the band who sings at the plain white tees so mm-hmm. it was kind of a full circle moment but yeah i'd start just playing covers and stuff and i brought my guitar to school a few times and could play it at recess and you know trying to impress the girls and stuff <laughs> yeah, now you're signed to his label right yeah we're signing mean- Vincent's record label and full circle crazy that is nuts okay so wow I want to know how you got to that point of touring with them so you were playing guitar did you have bands prior to to the band that you guys like formed yeah so it's kind of been the same band and we had like a few different names before we got to Fairview lame names that like I don't even remember half of them but we, <laughs> we would play together in high school and we had a bunch of friends that were in the group and it, it started out mostly covers and then Lizzie and I started writing songs but when we were in high school, I worked at a grocery store um, kind of in the town where we lived. And the lead singer of Plain White Tees would come in and shop for his groceries there. And I was like oh. a big fan. So I would like freak out when he was in the store and like try sure. to be cool. But, you know, <laughs> a little fanboyish. Um, but he was always super nice. And I'd, I'd tell him about our band and he'd be like, yeah, man, I'll check it out. Keep going, you know, keep working on it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a few years later... Um, after all these encounters and stuff, he ended up listening to one of our songs online and he tweeted at us that he really liked it and we should write together sometime. And uh, so we were freaking out. We were really excited. And oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, we ended up writing with him and uh, we, we all liked what was coming out of the sessions and we ended up keep going. And then he started this record label, which is called Humans Were Here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were the first band that he signed. Wow. Oh, wow. I think you guys were the first band. That's incredible. Was the song that you worked on with them originally, was that looking at you from that no, EP or no? That's a great question. You've done your prep research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was another song on the EP called Life in Your Years. Oh, okay. But so that, that was the first one that you guys wrote and was and was a part of that, that first EP? Yeah. 
And that was like, that's like one of the most special, still one of our favorite songs that like we still play at shows um, when we get to play shows. But it was kind of the first, he was like, send me some ideas that you have. And that was one of the first couple ideas that we had. And so that was on the first EP that we ended up recording with them. And yeah, so. Wow. Oh, so he worked in the studio with you on that full record. Yeah. Yeah. He was in there. He was like the, uh, the boss kind of behind the producer in the producer room, just being like, you know, that vocal was good, but let's do it a little better. You know, he worked us hard. Wow. It was awesome to have somebody who was so seasoned with the the process, um, you know, kind of giving us tips and pointers and, and somebody you looked up to. And like, obviously, I mean, the first song you ever learned on guitar was Taylor Delilah. And then, just the moment of, you know, meeting him in the grocery store to him finally listening to the song. I wonder if you, did you ever ask him like how many, like you would be like, oh, check out my band. Like how long it took him like to finally be like, all right, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to this. Like, did he yeah. ever get into that with you? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've had that conversation in general, but we didn't really have solid music put out for the longest time. Um, so, you know, I'd be telling him about the band and eventually we had a couple songs that were kind of, you know, not great. Um, and I, you know, tell him to check us out and stuff. And the YouTube and Spotify were just kind of coming up at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, Spotify at least was, but then we ended up making a music video and we posted about it and we would tweet at him and email, you know, and send, send it to everybody we knew. Right. And, he ended up seeing it and he really liked it. And he he's told us like, I would have done the same thing. Like he was always a big fan of other artists who were in the Chicago area. And so he's uh-huh. like, I would have done the same thing. Like that's why you guys got my attention. So it's cool looking back. <laughs> that is really cool. I've had him on this podcast before, but um, I didn't do the interview at the time. My brother-in-law ended up doing it because his band had played a lot of shows with Plain White Tees and he fills in with me for a bit. I've had a bunch of surgeries. I actually have another one on my neck coming up on Friday. So that's going to be fabulous. But um, (laughs) so he fills in for me a a little bit when we have interviews. And I told him like, dude, do the Plain White Tees one because you like know these guys. And um, so it's cool that we've had him on. And then I saw that you guys were signed to his labels. Like, oh, that's so dope. Like, you know, it was kind of cool moment for us too (laughs) having you guys on and and having him on but um what was the song that you sent him that he finally you know paid attention to it was called to love a girl super basic like teeny bopper name of a song Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was like for some reason we like wrote this song about like what it would be like to have a kid someday and we were like 16 17 (laughs) everybody thought that we were having a kid and so (laughs) A lot of weird conversations, but he had just had, (laughs) he he was kind of a new dad at the time. Okay. um, Thought it was really good. Uh, We we ended up asking him a few years later because we ended up having this like five song EP that we were handing out. We never really released the songs on Spotify. It was so old. We're like, if, you know, if we had sent you any other song, like would that have gotten your attention? He's like, no, like it, you know, that song, I thought that song was really good. And that's why. And that was kind of the only song on our EP. Like we had recorded a lot of those songs ourselves and stuff like that, but that was the only song on the EP that was more stripped down and acoustic Mm -hmm. and yeah, had some like strings and guitar and piano. So very play my tease vibe. Sure. That's interesting that he had just had a kid and that kind of like drew him in and you guys were 16 when you sent it or 16 when you wrote it. Probably 16, 17 when we wrote it. And then it took a while to record and we filmed the music video, which was probably a few years later. Okay. Um, 
so we were probably 18 when we sent it to him 19 did, were your parents did your parents think that you were having a kid too <laughs> well they were like why did you write this song like what was the inspiration behind it oh, that's yeah. funny you should have gave him like a you know happy birthday grandpa like card <laughs> or something and just like totally mess with them <laughs> Oh my, well, that's cool. That's really cool. So then you start working together. Tell me about getting this tweet. That must have blown your mind. Did you think like, is this like real? Like, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Everybody was really stoked. Like even the producers that we, uh, we recorded the song with were like retweeting it and being like, you know, got a nod from playing white tees about the new track. Like everybody was really stoked about it. That's cool. And then at that point you just re- what, tweeted back at him and said, Hey, like, is there any way we could, or did he, was he the one that initiated it? Like, Hey, you guys are rad. Like, let's write a song together. Yeah. I mean, it was like that. He, he tweeted that at us and then we ended up going to one of their performances really early in the morning. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like a radio show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very few people there. They did this radio show outside. There was probably like 20, 30 people there and we were just kind of chilling. It was freezing outside or like sure. you get an opportunity to, you know, get over there and say hi. And uh, we ended up waiting till after the show was over and he actually came up and talked to us and he was like, yeah, we should, we should get together soon, you know, do some writing. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, of course. <laughs> wow. So what, uh, that must've been, was it intimidating going and like writing with him? It was at first. Yeah, I think so. But I think that we went into it and he went into it, like knowing that this was very much a learning experience for us. Like we'd never, co-written any with anyone else other than ourselves so when the first time we went in he was like breaking down a lot of like song structure and like what is like what should be in a song like what works in like a pop kind of a song so it was very it was like a learning experience but I think we went into it knowing like we don't have to be perfect and have these like number one hit songs coming out just yet right but now it's very comfortable now it's like you know we go over to each other's houses and we start writing a song and we'll argue about lyrics and stuff like that. Oh, you're able to get some pushback on him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And did he have the label going yet? You said you're the first band that he signed was, or were you kind of like his mentor project and was like, okay, I'm going to start this label and we'll put your record out on it. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. He was working with a couple artists at the time and had some producers that he worked with consistently to -hmm. make music, but it was nothing like solid, like a label where, okay, we're going to make the music. We're also going to put out the music and we're going to push the music. It was just kind of like, he was the guy who wrote this awesome song and, you know, a couple other decent hits and a lot of people to write with him. And so it was a little bit of that. And he had in-house producers that he would take with him, but yeah, once we started putting out some consistent songs and he saw how dedicated we were to the idea of it, you know, he, he ended up making it a label. Wow. And did he take, once you, once you were, once he became a label, did you already record? Like I, I did this in quotes because it, it wasn't a, quite a label yet when you started working with you. Like, did you have that record, um, Our Little Secret, ready? And then he said, okay, now I'm going to sign you and we'll put this out together. Or was yeah. it like... I'm going to sign you and let's put an album together. Like w- what came first, the the record or the nod to like, I'm starting a label and I want to put your first thing out. The chicken or the egg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it 
Sure. Yeah. So he, it was kind of like, as we were writing um, and starting to record, we kind of came up with the idea that we'd put out an EP Mm -hmm. uh, with five songs. And so it was along that time that we signed. And at the time it wasn't yet called humans were here. So it was just kind of like this interim period. We put that out. And then after that, it was when the label kind of started taking full form under the name humans were here and we started having other artists that we were working with and yeah it's cool because since then matt and i have also stepped into kind of being part of the label and doing the art some of the pushing for other artists as well so wow kind of paying it forward you're getting to to work and push artists that haven't haven't really cut through yet Mm -hmm. yeah we've gotten to be on the label side a little bit lizzie's really talented with like coming up with cover art for songs and and merchandise and stuff like that. So it's been cool to be on that side of it for the other artists. That's amazing. And when you put out uh, that record, the first EP, were you, is that when you got a uh, chance to tour with Plain Light Tees or? Yeah, it was kind of like a long process because they weren't touring a ton at the time. So um, this tour came up where there were like 13, 14 shows across the country and uh, Tom had asked us if we, you know, wanted to do the tour. And we're like, of course. But this was probably a year or maybe even two after the EP came out. Um, oh, we okay. Tour. But he, Tom's also been very helpful in getting us shows with other artists. And we've been using the Plain White Tees agent. So we've gotten to play with some really cool people. We played with a band called Sister Hazel. We played with uh, this kid named Gaten Matarazzo from the show Stranger Things. And Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah bunch of different little you know gigs like that we did a show with american authors and so we've gotten to do some really cool things um because of the people that he's put us in in touch with very cool and i noticed that you guys have released you know a, a handful of singles since that ep came out um tell me about you know was that around the time like you you put out give give uh, all my love and then you had a couple you know loving you hurts and were these songs that were like, okay, we're going to put a single out, see what it does, put a single out instead of like a full body of work? Like how did, what was the process there? Yeah, so after the EP, right, and we like toured on that, like Matt said, um, like all of 2018, 2019, we mm-hmm. kind of wanted to start just putting out singles at a time. And at the time, pre-COVID, COVID. Yeah. Um, we kind of wanted to consistently put out like a song every month or every other month. And we did mm-hmm. that for like five six months and then uh kind of 2020 happened sure yeah (laughs) yeah we kind of hit this stride where we were just putting out a single at a time and it was doing a lot of good because to put out as like up-and-coming artists and at the time we were getting on a lot of like small tours or like weekend tours or one-off shows to have like consistent like new song to push every time we were playing that Mm -hmm. was kind of our focus and obviously getting on like spotify playlists and stuff like that it's more it's more beneficial to have one song at a time to push versus like an album and then nothing for six months and then another sure. album. So we kind of went the single route for a while and yeah, happy we did. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's a brilliant approach, especially nowadays because it's like there's so much music out there right now and it's so accessible that if you put a full record out and you have the one single maybe people will, if you're a newer band, dive into the other three or four songs instead of like having the one and then having the next one and and kind of really, I I think the way you did it was brilliant because a lot of people are like, I have all this music, put it out there. And then one song will have a bunch of plays and the other ones have like nothing. You know what I mean? So 
doing it that route. That's smart. And in between, were you able to tour quite a bit? I mean, you talked about playing with American Authors and, and other bands. Were or were those a lot of just one-off shows? Go to the studio, record the next track, push it. Like, how did that work? Yeah, in the middle of that, like a single a month kind of thing, mm-hmm. we were doing this tour called High School Nation, which was with oh, okay. Keys. Yeah, um, I, I know that tour. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was on the West Coast at the time, and so we would do like a week of shows. Um, and then take the weekend off and then do another week of shows. So we were traveling around like Arizona, um, Southern California, Northern California, mm-hmm. uh, all over the place on the, on the West coast, Texas. So we did a lot of that stuff and, um, we would like have a brand new song and then we would do two or three weeks of that. And then there would be a pause. We would go home for a little bit, record another song, and then we would go do a few more weeks of the tour. So it was really nice to have that tour at the time and uh, be able to push the songs as they were coming out. When you were on that tour, was it just you and the Plain White Tees? No, there were, I mean, there were some awesome bands on that tour. Was there a band called the Eiffels on that tour? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think okay, because so. my brother-in-law's band's called the Eiffels, and that's what he. That's how he knew Tom and the whole thing started, uh, because uh, his band was on that tour. That's why I was curious. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, that'd be so crazy. if you. Yeah. I know he do, he's done a few of them, or not my brother-in-law's band, but... Uh, the plain white tees have so i wasn't yeah. sure if maybe you guys are on the same one that would have been pretty cool. yeah that, that would have been cool so <laughs> yeah i think we ours was like 2019 march mm-hmm. april of 2019 so okay what. yeah i don't know i can't remember when he played it but i'll i'm gonna like i'm gonna text him after this and yeah. just to see because that'd be that'd be pretty funny yeah, that's um cool. yeah right on okay so tell me about where you guys were when this whole pandemic hit or were you leading up to putting a record out or putting a album out what are you thinking yeah we were um we were starting to write um the idea for us was to take some of the songs that have done well for us um from the ep and then this batch of singles that we've put out add another five or six songs and then put out like a full-length debut album Mm -hmm. um, which was the plan for last year and then covid hit and we you know we weren't able to get in the studio with our producers and stuff for health reasons obviously and Mm -hmm. um so we've just been writing a lot and um, working on things like TikTok and Instagram, kind of using those to push our songs and to push us as a couple and a band a little bit more. And we've had a lot of fun with TikTok. It's been it's been cool. That's cool. Like what? Like just coming up with different. Like tell me about what you do on TikTok. I'm dude. I'm too old for TikTok. I no, look at good. it and I'm like, that's what we thought. We made <laughs> literally like the month before. I feel like as everyone did. Um, the pandemic hit and at the time like we weren't you know getting a lot of traction on the thing it was a brand new site we're like we're too old for this we're like asking his younger sister like how do you make TikToks?" right and we've come a long way yeah no we just kind of follow trends and use our music and do funny skits or like sing some songs on there I don't know it's like a combination of everything but we've been able to kind of reach a whole new audience of people that we otherwise wouldn't have Uh, Mm -hmm. in like a really short period of time so it's been a fun way to grow even when we can't tour and things like that that's cool yeah tiktok fascinates me and but i know i'm like too afraid to get on it because i know it's gonna like i see my i have a 13 year old and that's all he's doing is just like like video 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 and like i'm like what what have you been doing for the last two hours just like and then he's just like oh just going through videos on my like for you page i'm like i don't get it but it's crazy to see artists that break out because of that. Like I've interviewed a handful of artists that have gotten like major record deals because they had a song that goes viral on TikTok and then it transfers over to their Spotify. And sure, it's just yeah. this crazy 
I was talking to a guy yesterday about like selling out. Like when I was younger, it was like Green Day sold out, man. They like, you know, they changed their sound. But now I think everyone's kind of pushing for that. It's like, I want to sell out. I want to get this, the, the viral moment instead yeah. of like, it's more, it's just interesting, like how the kind of trend changed. Yeah. And um, with with TikTok, are you, are you guys like testing songs on TikTok or how, how do you other than making the skits and playing songs like how do you use it? Yeah, so we do. It's been awesome. The first music video we ever made, the director told us, OK, we need to make people fall in love with your love. And so that's kind of like pushing our couple, you know, romance and all that stuff has kind of been the, the common thread behind our music videos and some of our music. Mm -hmm. And so TikTok, we have such an, uh, a vehicle to do that because so many of the TikTok trends like have to do with couple things. Like we have this song called Loving You Hurts. Mm -hmm. It's about how you love somebody, but they kind of piss you off sometimes. Um, but, you, you know, you love them anyway. So we did a, a video of us sharing a bathroom together. And it was like, you know, Lizzie was like sharing a bathroom with my boyfriend and it showed her like picking up my clothes off the ground after a shower, you know, or like um, not replacing the uh, toilet paper roll and like, you know, just little things like that, um, mm -hmm. that a lot of people like relate to. And then sure. song and, and that video got like tens of thousands of views and stuff. So just stuff like that, like putting our couple situations like into the music or into the to the trends is kind of how we do it. I love that. Yeah. And I love that approach too. Cause it is relatable. Yeah. Like leaving your stuff on the ground, the toilet paper roll, like, yeah, it's empty. Like the toilet seat up maybe like, I don't know, like just little stupid things. Like that's funny. I like it. I think that's clever. Uh, do you guys do like the live stream? Have you done any like the live stream things? Yeah, we have. Yeah. It's, how do you uh, feel about that? Is it weird yeah, compared like to It's a lot of life? work. I, I see some accounts that we follow that like go live every single day. And I don't think we, we don't have that down yet, but we've gone live a couple times and it's cool. Cause again, it's a totally different audience than we have on Instagram or any other social media platform. So it's just, a, it's been a really cool way to reach new people and mm -hmm. get new followers like every day versus Instagram where it's very much just like people who have been following you for a while or mm -hmm. it's harder to like grow that audience. Right, right. I feel like, yeah, it's not as like TikTok's the new trend of it's almost funny because it's like Instagram is becoming the Facebook, like Facebook became like not cool when like your grandma had it. And then like every business you'd be like watching a commercial and it was always like follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And it was like, OK, well, that made it not cool. And then Instagram came and it was cool. And I feel like now Instagram is becoming the like boomery business sure. oriented social media platform. And now TikTok is more where the, you know, young, younger kids are are finding bands and videos and, and everything. It's it's just so, such a I wonder if TikTok will soon become it's like interesting to think like what will come next and will that be the like the new instagram or whatever um do you go on instagram and do live ones there or just mainly on tiktok yeah we have we've done a couple of virtual shows during the whole quarantine and mm -hmm. we'll always do like live streams kind of leading up to that and after that show so i i don't know i, I feel like it's cool because tiktok allows you to have that viral moment potentially so much more often than any other social media platform. And I think that that's why it's so cool because you're 
son and everyone else is constantly scrolling through new videos of people they probably don't even follow and yeah they don't video you follow them or you check out all of their other content so yeah yeah i think it's been cool because like when we did these online shows we would um do the before and after it was kind of like a meet a virtual meet and greet kind of thing so we would like guest people into our instagram which is where you can split the screen with somebody and oh yeah get all excited about that so it was a cool tool to use for the kind of virtual meet and greets while we can't have real shows that's cool yeah and then your fans kind of get this more one-on-one opportunity with you mm-hmm. i think the one thing uh, that's came of this whole pandemic and everything is like every, the behind the curtain look at people and their lives it's like the reality show thing, like in real time, you know what I mean? Like reality shows became this big thing. And now it's like, you guys are sitting in, in your room and like now everybody's gonna know that that's what your room looks like. And you have these two flowers behind you or whatever. And it's just like, it, it's just so crazy. And I feel like TikTok is so similar to that because it's people just like at the moment, like, whoa, you know, making these videos. Yeah. Whereas spot or Instagram is now more of like, everything has to look so polished if it's going to go onto your like feed instead of your story, like it's just, it, it's, it, it blows my mind. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing to see like some of the celebrities when the, like the quarantine first started, they'd be like at their houses with beards or, you know, like right. makeup on their hair is like white, you know, it's, <laughs> it was really funny to see some of that stuff. Yeah. Some of your favorite artists, you're like, Whoa, like it, yeah, it's weird. It's like, Oh, that's what Billy Joe's living room looks like. That's yeah. crazy. Like, it's just so funny. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, have you guys been working on new songs during this whole thing, writing new music? Yeah, we've been writing uh, a bunch. We we just had a call with uh, the label about putting some uh, putting some dates on the calendar in June to go out to LA and record some of the some of the songs and uh, start getting them out. We we just got our first dose of the vaccine. We're getting our second one pretty soon, so we'll be a little more comfortable traveling and, and doing that stuff. Very cool. That's super exciting. I know things are, are opening up, it looks like, in, in the fall with, you know, festivals. And yeah, I mean, I know I'm still like intrigued. Like, is Outside Lands really going to happen in October? Like, or Bonnaroo is just like four days and yeah. we shall see. I mean, hopefully it sounds like, you know, with with the amount of people getting vaccinated now, it should be non not an issue but who knows we'll see yeah i think outdoor shows are going to kind of be the the gateway back into uh show business yeah i know it might even be harder to do the smaller club dates because of like the how constricted people are but we'll see i've seen a lot of actually you know not smaller artists but artists that are playing 500 cap rooms having tour dates so that's kind of promising (laughs) (laughs) yeah Well, thank you both so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you for having us on the pod. This is a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, I have one more question for both of you. Um, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yes. Do you want to go first? Uh, Sure. Um, I think you said something earlier that there's so much music being put out right now. Like there's, I think like 200,000 new songs put out every day on Spotify. Wow, I didn't know that. so easy to put out music. So my advice would just be, um, you know, you might have an amazing song. You might have a really, really good song. But if nobody hears it, if you're not getting it into people's ears, you know, it's not really going to go anywhere for you. So it's, it's not just about making the awesome song, but it's about getting it into people's, you know, ears. Ear holes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say to, 
I, I think a lot of like this quarantine has given us time to reflect on like what we really want our sound to be. And just, so my advice would be to not try to sound like another artist. Cause like Matt said, with it being so saturated, you could easily be like, oh, I wanna kind of go this lane. And so if you really can just hone in on like trying to say something with your lyrics right from personal experience or like stories in your head and then just kind of follow who you want to be as an artist. Like there's no one like you, that there's no you other than you. So just be a very much yourself. And I think that'll, those artists like Billie Eilish and people like that, like they are the first of their people and then people follow them. So if you mm -hmm. be the first and be uniquely yourself, I think. <laughs>